Hello, friends. This is Derek Kistner, founder and executive director of the Greater Peoria House of Prayer. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. Whether you're hearing from me, my wife Mandy, or a trusted leader, it's my hope that it would serve you well in your walk with Jesus. Maybe you're listening at home here in central Illinois, maybe in your vehicle, or even somewhere on the other side of the world. However you're tuning in or wherever you are, it's my prayer that what you hear helps you to love God, His Word, His Spirit, His Church, and the people you interact with each and every day. Thanks again for listening, and may the grace of God fill your heart as you listen to the following message. But Heavenly Father, we are just grateful to be here on a Friday night. Lord, we're grateful for uh, just the, the ability to gather as your family and worship the name above all names, the name of Jesus. And I pray, Lord, that as I share just a brief uh, moment, that you would use it, Holy Spirit, to deepen our love for you and increase the knowledge of your ways. Uh, Help us to know you and to love you uh, by the power of the Holy Spirit tonight, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So Luke 24, I have been meditating on and praying through the road to Emmaus story uh, throughout the week. And it's one of my, uh, just such an interesting story. I think everybody knows the, the road to Emmaus story. But I want to just, I want to highlight three things that jumped out at me in a fresh way. And so I'm, I'm calling this message, When Jesus Draws Near. When Jesus Draws Near. And the first thing I want to do is I just want to read a big chunk of this story. And so let me just go to verse 13. I'm going to read all the way to 32 just so we can hear it together. There's something about just hearing the word. But this is the the well-known road to Emmaus, two travelers. Jesus sneaks up, so let's just read it here. And, uh, And then we'll kind of unpack just a little bit of it. There's so much. I would encourage you to just pray through this passage, but... We'll just talk about three, three things in particular. But let's start here in 13. It says, Now behold, two of them were traveling that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. It's a couple hour walk. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. So it was while they conversed and reasoned that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were restrained so that they did not know him. And he said to them, what kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk and are sad? Yeah, that's fine. Then the one whose name was Cleopas. I love that we get one of their names, Cleopas. One, of the, one, one whose name was Cleopas answered and said to him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? And have you not known the things which happened there in these days? And he said to them, What things? So they said to him, The things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, And how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. 
he who is going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, today is the third day since these things happened. Yes, and certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us. When they did not find his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. Then he said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. I am telling you, there is more revelation in this story than I think we will ever get through in our lifetime, but I'm going to keep reading. Then they drew near to the village where they were going. And he indicated that he would have gone further, but they constrained him, saying, and here's one of the greatest prayers in the Bible no one talks about, abide with us, for it is toward evening and the day is far spent. And he went in to stay with them. Man, that verse right there, think about that one for a little bit. Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent, and he went in to stay with them. Now it came to pass, as he sat at the table with them, that he took bread, blessed, and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they knew him. And he vanished from their sight. I love how the Lord does these very interesting things. And he said, they said to one another... Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scriptures to us? Amen. Three things, as I was praying through this story and thinking about it in a fresh way, three things that I think will help us tonight. And the first one I want to talk about is the kind of people that Jesus draws near to. The kind of people that Jesus draws near to. We tend to think, because we, you know, we're fallen human beings, we're prone to sin, we're weak. We think that the people Jesus wants to come near to uh, are, you know, those who are in a season of total spiritual dedication. The only people he wants to be around is like John the Baptist and Paul the Apostle. Maybe if you've been on a 40-day fast, he'll come near to you. We tend to think, well, I don't know if he can meet with me if I'm not at some big conference. Or if I'm not some keynote speaker that's world famous, I don't know if he's really going to bother with me. But the beauty of the Road to Emmaus stories, we find out the kind of people Jesus comes near to are people who aren't at a conference. They're totally unknown. They're really weak spiritually. They're completely confused. They've totally missed the meaning of the Bible, and there Jesus is talking right with them. <laughs> just think about that. Jesus doesn't just want to spend time with you at the conference. Go to the conference. That's awesome. Go, go hear the great speaker. But he doesn't, he doesn't wait to be with you until you're at the conference or until you're famous or until fill in the blank, whatever you're thinking, he wants to be near you right where you're at. 
Don't think that maybe in a few years, once I've gotten through all these issues and I've gotten my prayer life in order and I started paying my bills and I started behaving better and on and on and on, whatever list you have in your mind, Jesus doesn't obey your list. He comes right up to these two unknown people. We know one of their names is Cleopas. He's not mentioned anywhere else in the Bible. And the other person, we don't know at all who they are. They're completely anonymous. And Jesus says, these are the people I like to draw near to. And I think, honestly, the reason I'm saying this is a lot of Christians today struggle with this concept that Jesus can actually meet with them outside of a church building or outside of a prayer meeting or outside of worship night or outside of house of prayer. He wants to meet with you while you're just walking about your daily life. These two men were just simply walking down a road. They were, they were completely confused they had, com- they had missed the basic, the basic message of the Bible, and still Jesus has a heart for them. He sneaks up on them. We're going to talk about that. He sneaks up on them. He asks them a few questions, and things are happening. They don't even know things are happening, but things are happening. Here's the thing. Jesus does so much in our life, and we don't even know he's doing it. I want you to just understand this is point number one. Go to the conference. That's awesome. Jesus will meet you there. But don't think he can only meet you there. He wants to meet you when you're doing dishes. He wants to meet you when you're with a friend. He wants to meet you when you're confused. He wants to meet you when you've got it right. He wants to meet you when you're famous and when you're not famous. there's, There's no list that he's obeying. He wants to be with you. And if you're struggling and confused or whatever you are tonight, he still wants to draw near. That's the kind of people Jesus draws near to. And I thank God for that, that he doesn't wait till I'm at the level of Paul or Moses or, you know, fill in, you know, he is the God of very weak people and he loves to be near them. The thing is, if if Jesus only came near strong people, He wouldn't come near anybody because everyone's so weak. Everyone has issues. Cleopas and his companion were just walking. It says literally in the Bible, Jesus comes up to them and says, what what are you guys talking about and why are you sad? They're evidently so sad and so broken that the Lord noticed it. And he likes to be near these kinds of people. Never forget this. That that leads into the second thing as I was praying into this this week. The second thing that leaped off the uh, page in a fresh way in addition to who he draws near to is that we don't always know when Jesus is near to us. We don't always discern it. You know, we know that These two men who were traveling, they had no idea this was Jesus. It says that their eyes were constrained. There was something the Lord was doing that he didn't want them to know it was him. And, you know, we as, as, uh, you know, charismatic types of believers, you know, we believe in the Holy Spirit. We believe in breakthroughs of God and all these things. 
We, we kind of want the road to Damascus, Jesus, but there's also a road to Emmaus, Jesus. There's both. And so we have to recognize there's times where God shows up in power that is overt in nature, and there's times where he's covert because <laughs> he wants to do things in a more subtle way that we just couldn't process if it was the road to Damascus type. You know, I, I think it's so amazing. We, we always pray like, Lord, you know, Saul to Paul conversions, like on the road to Damascus, Lord, send your light and, you know, show your power. And he loves to do that. Jesus is the road to, to Damascus, Jesus, but, but it's not the only thing he does. And what we need to recognize at times is he doesn't want to just do a laser light show and blow us up and leave us in a heap of the Holy Ghost, sometimes he wants to kind of sneak covertly and release this subtle conviction. We might not even know it's him, but he wants to do something deep in a way that's not some big powerful thing where you're falling out and falling over. He just wants to kind of address some inner things. That's what he was doing on the road to Emmaus. And and so again, we don't want to just assume certain Jesus doesn't just draw near to certain people. And he also doesn't just draw near and do one or two kinds of things. He has so many hands that he plays. Again, we love the Saul to Paul road to Damascus stuff. We love that story, but that's not the only way he encounters people. Okay, don't just wait for some huge encounter. He's doing things that are subtle. He's doing things that are covert. Let me say that a different way. Some people think, some, some Christians think, well, I haven't had some big, huge encounter with God. God must not be near me. He must not have been near me for years because I can't, when's the last, I haven't, had, I haven't had a spiritual dream in years. I haven't felt his presence in I don't know how long. And that whole way of thinking, equating not having some experience with God being distant, it's so condemning. It's, it's very one-dimensional. The reality is you may not have felt God, you may not have had some big experience, but it doesn't mean he hasn't come near you. Amen. These guys on the road to Emmaus had no clue. They had no idea it was Jesus, but he was teaching them the Bible and he was addressing things at a heart level. He was working, and, and again, we'll, further on, we'll talk more about this, but he, stuff was happening. Stuff's happening to Zeke right now. <laughs> Lord, have mercy on my children. We don't always recognize it. We, we think this. We think, well, if, if Jesus shows up at a Friday night, I would know it. Or if, if God's presence fills my church, it would be obvious. Or if he's really moving, we would all know. And the reality is, no, we wouldn't always know. Because many times in the Bible, no one had a clue. And Jesus was right there. And things were happening. But not everything, not everything is a big, huge miracle. A lot of things he does are, are subtle on the inside. He's adjusting belief systems or he's putting just enough pressure, asking just the right question to get us to shift a little bit so that we can walk with him successfully. 
I think it's great. I, I, I consider myself a, like a charismatic or Pentecostal believer. I believe in all the things the Holy Spirit has to offer. I'm totally a Father, Son, Holy Spirit kind of guy. But us folk, we tend to think of the Holy Spirit and all of that he can do is only big things like that are powerful. He also does things that are sneaky, you know, I heard the one, the one preacher called him Jehovah Sneaky. He sneaks up on us and he asks us questions and we, you know, we, we, we kind of are like, what's happening? And I mean, they literally, I, I'm sure Cleopas, like later on when he found out it was the Lord, he was like, man, I actually said that to him. I actually said, are you the only stranger? And, you know, I'm sure he kind of like laughed about that. And I think he probably got teased a little bit. And, and I think it's funny because it was written down for all of us to laugh a little bit. When Jesus comes near, it sometimes feels like tonight. <laughs> and I have this, I have this um, word of caution, maybe is how you would say it. We tend to evaluate what God's doing based on what we feel. And so literally people will go to church week after week, month after month, year after year, and they will judge the service or the preacher or the worship leader or the church or ministry based on how they feel. And they can come to this conclusion, well, I didn't feel anything powerful, therefore God must not have been there. And the truth is, no, he's always there. And it has nothing to do with our feelings. I love when my feelings feel great and I leave super happy and all that. But the reality is he gets up close and personal with people who don't even know he's there. And, you know, they're, they're in probably a horrible state of mind and spiritually weak. And they don't think anything's even happening, but stuff's happening. And so learn to approach prayer meetings and church services and kid nights and all the things you do don't evaluate it based on how I felt when I left evaluate it based on scripture when two or three gather Jesus is there that's the truth and so whether you felt it or not he was there and doing things every Friday night every prayer meeting every Sunday morning every time you serve the Lord whatever you're doing for the Lord at work doing dishes folding laundry if you're talking to him, he's near. Even when you're not talking to him, he's near, he's present, he's paying attention. I say all of this way better on my notes, so just go read my notes. Just put up with me for a few minutes, then just, there, it's better on the notes. He draws near to the weak, the weak ones. And when he does draw near, we don't always sense it, but he's there. And the other thing that stuck out to me is one of the things they said. I mean, this just is so significant. You know, we know the story, so he's with them, and then he says, oh, I'm going to just keep going. And they're like, oh, no, stay with us. And then they break bread, and they're like, oh, my gosh, you're Jesus. What? And then he disappears. You know, what a story. Like, what? Can you imagine trying to tell someone this happened? And they're like, yeah, you're making up a story again. Uh, it's way too out there. But at the very end of the story, this is literally, of all the things I would think to say after something like this happening to me, 
this is what they say. I mean, just, just try to grasp this. Of all the things they could be like, oh my goodness, that was Jesus. What in the world were we doing? This is what they say. They said our hearts were on fire. <laughs> what? Did not our heart burn within us when he was talking to us? When he was talking about the Bible? When he was interacting with us? Our heart, we could feel something on the inside going on. So let me say this. While they're walking with him, and while this is happening, they did not perceive what was happening. It was only after this whole encounter with God, it was only until after it was done and he was gone that they looked back and processed Jesus was in that. Oh my goodness. And they said, matter of fact, as as I look back on it, My heart was being touched. There was something happening. The reason I bring that up is this is so much of our life. So often we go through things or we go through seasons of time. Jesus feels distant. We're confused. We don't even know what's happening. But something's happening deep inside. And we don't even recognize it until later we're going, that that was God. And he was, and he did this in my life, and and he produced a love for prayer, and he did, he he gave me a love for scripture, and I mean, I didn't feel it, and it was it was hard and weird, but this is how Jesus leads us. This is truly a picture of the Christian life. We have a certain set of expectations. We have a theological worldview where we think this is how life's going to go based on what I know. And then, of course, it doesn't happen anything like that. Then we get depressed and we get sad. And then Jesus sneaks up on us and teaches us the Bible. And then we realize later that that whole season, Jesus was actually in it when we didn't think he was. And then we come to the conclusion, oh my goodness, like, Through all that, I learned to hear his voice. I learned how important the scriptures were. My heart's on fire. What? This is how Jesus encounters so many of us. Again, we're kind of hoping for the, you know, if if we get kind of dull in our spirit and church isn't fun, we're just kind of hoping he'll do the road to Damascus thing and he'll send a lightning bolt and we'll get all excited again for a few years and then we'll lose it and then he'll road to Damascus again. But he's not only the road to Damascus Jesus, he's the road to Emmaus Jesus. We're all different. We all go through different seasons and he knows we need different things at different times. We don't always need what we needed at conversion. When we're way down the path, 20, 30 years in, we don't need the road to Damascus thing again. We need the road to Emmaus. We need him to come up and ask us questions and surface questions in our heart so that we can begin to process, oh, I I totally, I'm in total unbelief. I don't even know the Bible like I thought. This whole 
story is like a microcosm of how he comes to us subtly, covertly, and he surfaces all these things that we're thinking. We don't even know we're thinking. He brings them to the surface and he addresses them with Scripture, with his voice, calls us to prayer. We work through some of these things. I just love this story. I love that by the end of it, they're going, yeah, our heart was, there was something going on in the inside. There was this burning on the inside. There was this witness. And it was all because he was talking to us. It was all because he was opening scripture. And whenever Jesus does something, there's always layers to it. There's always the story within the story or the message within the message. I cannot overstate this, but the road to Emmaus narrative ends with the two travelers concluding his voice is so important. The scriptures are crucial. And so we have to remember this through every season, how important it is to interact and have conversation with the Lord and to open the Bible so that his words can touch us and so that the Holy Spirit can teach us scripture from Genesis to Revelation. There's many instances in here where he says, uh, he references all the prophets, all the scriptures, uh, beginning at Moses and all the prophets. So there's this idea that he is, he is available from Genesis to Revelation. He is in every page. He is there. Jesus is there. We just got to let him reveal himself to us in this book. There's a lot of people today that are trying to find Jesus on YouTube and Google searches and all these things. And you know what, that's, that's nice to do on the side, but I'm telling you, this book, the 66 books of the Bible, that's where the encounter is. No matter what you're going through or what happened to you or what you're trying to process, the Lord wants you to see it in light of him, in light of scripture, There are, there are not elite people that only Jesus comes near. He comes near people like me and you, just going about our life. And I don't know what you feel about yourself. Maybe your whole life you've kind of thought, Man, I don't know if I'm the type of person that Jesus will be close to. You're the type of person Jesus wants to be close to. You really are. He may come close to you in a season and you may not know it. And you might not know it for a long time until you look back and you go, you know what, God was in all that. I thought it was just a big mess, but it was actually totally Him. Maybe there are areas of your history in your life where you go, you know what, that three-year period or that seven-year period or that six-month period, that was totally the devil. And I want to encourage you to look at it through the eyes of Christ. That wasn't the devil. He was leading you and he wants to show you where he was, he was leading you through something that he wants to give you perspective on. You know, the devil does things. People do evil things. I always point people to the story of Joseph. There are things that people do where they, they mean to be evil or they do them and they are evil, even though they didn't think they were evil. But God always means it for good. He means it so he can 
put in you something that is so deep. You know, when Joseph came out of that whole story and he was just a mile deep, he's second in command in Egypt and he's used mightily in the earth because he just said yes through all the hardship and all the difficulty. You keep doing that. And don't, don't look at the situations in your past and go, oh man, that was just a big waste. Or, no, look at it through the eyes of, of the Lord. Anything that has happened to us, God truly means it for our good. And he means it for his glory. So he loves to come near weak people. You might not always know it. And he's doing it all. He's doing it all so that we can have that closeness with him. So there's that fire on the inside so that we will remain close to him. Now, what's interesting is right at the end of the story, these two guys are fired up again. Their hearts are burning. And so they're the ones, they like run back to, they just had gone from Jerusalem to Emmaus or somewhere in the middle. Now they, they, you know, they head back to Jerusalem and they're the ones that tell all these confused apostles, we saw the Lord, we encountered the Lord. The Lord has risen indeed. He's appeared to Simon. They're, they're pumped. There's exclamation points on what they're saying. And it says they told about the things that had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of the bread. They had had this unusual meeting with the Lord. They'd processed it. Now they were telling others. You know, you may be at some place on the road where you're still kind of maybe, maybe you're happy, maybe you're sad, maybe you're confused, maybe you have clarity. Wherever you're at on the road, know that the Lord loves to walk with you. And he wants to help clarify things. He wants to help address those questions that you have so that you can tell others what's going on in your life, so that you can help others get reconnected to the Lord like they helped the apostles. Is that good stuff, Curtis? Now time fails to go any further, so we're going to just end that for now. I just want to encourage you, keep going, keep persevering, keep in, keep. Keep encouraged and know that no matter what you feel in this season, the Lord's near and He is doing things. Last thought I want to leave you with is, is maybe your feelings, maybe what you feel isn't the whole story. And maybe you felt like your whole life, I'm not the type of person that Jesus would ever want to be that near to like He was near to these people or the apostles But maybe, maybe, just maybe, he's closer than ever before. Maybe that's that's the season you're in. Maybe you're in a road to Emmaus season. And you don't know it, but he's closer than ever before. And he's doing things deeper than ever before. So that you go to the next level in your walk with God. Maybe, just maybe. And by faith, we'll believe that it is so. And I'll end it right there. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, Lord, I've just presented your word and now I just ask, Holy Spirit, Spirit of truth, make this life-giving and make this uh, 
wherever it needed to hit home for us in this room, cause it to hit home, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that we would know you not only is the road to Damascus, Jesus, but also the road to Emmaus, Jesus. Lord, we love when you show up powerfully and change us instantly, but we also love the times where you show up covertly and do, do deep things on the inside that we barely even notice. We thank you that you're doing that in our lives, Lord. And I just bless those here tonight. I bless those who took time to tune in via Facebook. And I bless those who are hearing this as a recording, Father. Help us to walk with you faithfully and remind us of how much we are loved. In Jesus' name, amen. For more messages like this one, please visit our online teaching library at gphop.org teachings. If you found this free material helpful in your walk with God, please prayerfully consider a generous donation. To give, please visit gphop.org donate. That's gphop.org donate. Thank you, and may the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you today.